Woo! All right. Hey, I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to be here. A couple of things about me. I'm number four of six. And a lot of you may know and a lot of you may not know, but I have a white Porsche. She's sitting right there. That's my wife, Portia. So I have a white Portia. She loves God and she loves me. And that's the order I want. I want her to love him first. And if I do, I love him first, we're going to be fine. We're going to be just fine. Well, I'm happy to come today, and Roger's going to put up something in Isaiah, which is really not going to be what I'm going to speak on, but I want to see this, and I want you to keep this in your noodle while I'm talking. Can we do that? Somebody say amen. Amen. And it's called Stinking Thinking. Are we there? Roger put up Isaiah 55, 8 and 9, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, Neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. And my what? How we think. How we think is higher. His ways are higher than ours. His thoughts are higher than ours. So let me dig just a minute. I couldn't find my glasses and Dave gave me some 2.5s here. He said, they're readers. They look like microscope. Oh, my gosh. Lord, help me with this. I don't know. I'm going to try. I'm going to try. Not good. Not good. We're going to go to Dr. Luke today. Going to be in chapter 5. I'll get there. It'll happen. Luke 5, 1 through 7. And y'all got to help me, okay? Can you help me? Just a minute. I'm getting it. I'm getting it. I'll get there. Better. Better. Okay, I'm going to ask you to help me on a couple of these words here, okay? Here we go. Luke 5, 1 through 7. And you all know this already. You already know this. You already know this passage. But you ain't never heard it like you're going to hear it. This is going to be something different, Okay? Luke 5, 1 through 7, and it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Gennesaret. The lake of Gennesaret. Are you familiar with the lake of Gennesaret? Have you ever heard of the Sea of Galilee? It's the same place. It's also called the Sea of Tiberias. But they're all the same place. And it's about 13 miles long. It's about 8 miles across. It is the lowest freshwater lake on the planet. How many knew that? Sea of Galilee. It's fresh water. There's no sharks. It's fresh water. And the Jordan River runs right through it and empties into the Dead Sea. So, see, we just had a little bit of lesson on the Sea of Galilee. This is where Jesus is at. He's at Gennesaret. 
He sees two ships standing by the lake. But the fishermen were gone out of them. And they were washing their, say that word, nets. Say it again. Nets. That's with an S. That's important. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. Keep going, Raj. Now, when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your for a drought. That means a heavy pull. That word drought is a heavy pull. Simon answering said unto him, Master, we toiled all night. We give out. We wore out. We've taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the I will let down the That's important. And when they had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes and their break. Here's what's happening on the lake of Gennesaret. Let me put on his microscope. <laughs> Thank you, buddy. Thank you. I couldn't find my glasses. So here's Jesus. He confronts fishermen who are washing their nets. Their spirit is broken. These are professionals. And they have given up. I wonder. Anybody here today maybe that's given up? And you're washing your nets. Hmm. You're done. You're finished. You're washing your nets. You've decided, well, it's too late. I'm too old. I'm too young. I'm too shy. I'm too fat. I'm too busy. I'm too this. I'm too that. I'm too tired. I'm too lazy. Whatever the reason, your net's washing. Hmm. Well, today I want to challenge you. I'm going to challenge you today. Jesus is going to change how Simon thinks, his whole system of thinking, on how he's always done things. Simon is no novice. He's a professional fisherman. Jesus is down at Gennesaret. He comes to Simon, and Simon's not yet Peter. He's not a disciple yet. He's a fisherman. And when Jesus encounters Simon, Simon is doing what? Washing his nets. That's what he's doing. Simon's way of thinking... Well, it's over. I told all night. I ain't caught nothing. And Simon thought, on his way of thinking, if you can't catch at night, you can't catch it all. Why? Well, in the daytime, the fish can see the nets. This isn't monofilament. They wove these nets. The fish can see them in the daytime. Who's going to fish in the daytime? Nobody. That's why you fish at night. And the three fish they're going for, number one would be cod, number two catfish, number three would be St. Peter's fish, which is a tilapia. That's what they're going for. These are commercial guys. That's what they do. His thinking made him give up on his livelihood his business. He's got to have fish. Why? He's a fisherman. No fish means 
no business. I wonder, is anybody here washing your nets? You've given up? Washing your nets means you've given up hope of going any further. You've settled on being on the sidelines of life and not in the game. And giving up is not just the removal of the body from a situation. It's your spirit's broken. You've gotten comfortable with an empty boat. Hmm. And your way of thinking convinces you, well, as far as I'm going to get. I can't go any further. But that's stinking thinking. Washing your nets means nobody's ever going to love you. Washing your nets means that you're giving up on your dream. Washing your nets means all your effort was just a waste of time. Simon quit because it didn't work like he thought it would. He's alive, but he quit. He's breathing, but he quit. He's functioning, but he quit. Could be somebody here today that's quit. You got on your makeup, but you quit. You got your outfit on, you look fantastic, but you quit. You even came to Fellowship Church this morning, but you've quit. Look, divorces don't happen when the papers come. People can quit and still be cooking three meals a day. People can quit, still be picking up them young'uns from school. People can quit and still be working six days a week. Jesus comes to Simon and disrupts everything. A news flash, Jesus will turn your world upside down. He will change your life, Sherry. He will change your life. Jesus was radical, a yoke breaker. Everywhere Jesus went, things are different. Everywhere he went. Jesus walks over to Simon's boat and he gets on. He tells Simon to thrust out just a little bit from the shore. So listen to this. Simon puts down the net that he was washing. He gets back on the boat. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I thought Simon was done. But now he's back on the boat. That alone is revival. Getting back in the game. At whatever level you are, put down your net and get back in the game. 
That's revival. I thought Simon gave up. But he's back on the boat. Simon stopped washing his nets and he's back on the boat. He fished all night. Nothing. But now, he's back on the boat with who? There's the difference. He's back on the boat with who? There's the difference. He's back in the game with Jesus. There's the difference. Jesus turned Simon's business into a podium, a pulpit. And you know what? There's people here today and you have a business, but you have no idea that Jesus gave you that business to use for his pulpit. You don't know that yet. That's why you have it. He gave it to you. For his purpose. See, I love that. I love knowing that. Jesus sits down in that boat and teaches the crowd that's on the shoreline. You're getting all up and down and worried about this and worried about that and you can't sleep and you're pacing with Jesus just sitting right there. He even sat down, Gary, on the Mount of Olives to preach the Beatitudes. He sat there. He knows what you're going through. He's not going to get up and start pacing the floor. He can handle it. Whatever mess you're in, he can handle it. He doesn't even have to get up to handle it. He can sit down. I like knowing that. Something that's really interesting in this whole story to me, when Jesus finished ministering, the Bible doesn't tell us what he taught. It just says when he finished Well, maybe it wasn't about what he said. Maybe he used that just to get to Simon. Do you think? I think so. I think he used all this just to get Simon. Jesus turns to Simon and tells him, Are y'all ready for this? Launch out into the deep. Launch out into the deep. Get out of the shallow water. Go out in the deep. How much faith is really required for you to stand in ankle deep water? Not a lot. Not a lot. Launch out into the deep. God's got something for you, but it's in the deep. He's got something for you. You got to get out. You got to go. You hadn't gotten your breakthrough because you hadn't gone deep enough. But Simon said, Well, Master, I have finished all night and I am, I don't care about last night. I didn't mention last night. I said, launch out into the deep, in the middle of the day. I wonder, would there be anybody here today that would be honest and say, well, you know what? I think I'm ready to 
put down my nets. I think I'm ready to launch out in the deep. Is there anybody here that might be a little tired of always coloring in the lines? You might be ready to do something a little radical for Christ. Anybody here ready to go to the next level in your walk with the Savior? Look, if you can't launch, you can't go. If you can't launch, you can't go. You know, even if you have to launch by yourself. If my mama ain't going. Or if my daddy ain't going. Or if my brother's not going. Or my sister. Or my wife's not going. I'm going to launch out. I'm going to launch out. I've got to. It's getting deeper every step. I'm getting closer to my dream every single step. You do have permission to launch into the deep. You've got it. Because listen, folks, what you want ain't in the boat. It's in the sea. And Simon owned the boat, but Jesus owns the sea. Guess what, people? Jesus knows where your fish are. (laughs) He knows where your fish are. Look at your neighbor and say, he knows. Look at your neighbor and say, he knows. He knows where my fish are. He does. He knows. He knows. Wait just a minute. It's the wrong time. The boats are docked. They're chilling in the shade. Washing some nets. Look at that crazy person out in the middle of Lake Gennesaret. In the middle of the day. And going to throw a net. What is he thinking? What is he thinking? With that whoever it is in the boat with him. What is he thinking? But then again... What is that crazy preacher in Rotunda doing? Going to build a big old church out there? The economy's in the toilet? What is he thinking? That ain't ever going to work. When the sun comes up, the fish go down. Hey, Jesus is no fisherman. He's a carpenter's boy. What does he know about fishing? The very hour there should be no fish, Jesus says, launch out. It made no sense, but build that church. You've been hurt. You've been frustrated. You've been thrown away. You've given up, and the only thing you're good at is washing your nets. And when they had launched out in the deep, they dropped their N-E-T. 
When Jesus met the fishermen, they were washing their N-E-T-S. Jesus told Simon to let down your N-E-T-S. Simon said to Jesus, at that word, I'll let it down, my N-E-T. Well, that's not what Jesus said. They were thinking too little, too small. They were thinking, well, let's just placate this guy. And I'll put one net on the boat. We'll go out a little bit and I'll throw it in the water. So I'm just going to take one net. That's it. Simon, why didn't you bring every net you could find? Just one net and so many fish that were waiting on obedience. They were there. He was just there six hours ago. Nothing. They were just waiting on obedience. And you know what? God has the fish waiting on you. He's got everything you need waiting on you. So Simon's out in the deep, and one of the nets that he was washing is now breaking. Help! I think this is where the term net working came in. I think this is where this happened. Right here. Help! I need some help with these nets. Preacher, did you lay the block to this building? Did you do the electrical in this building? How about the HVAC? Did you even put the carpet down? Did the help come? Did Jesus give you everything that you needed? Now, how many fish did they get? That's not my question. That's not my question for you. My question for you is, how many fish have you missed? Not how many you got. How many you missed? Do you have any idea what you've missed while you've been washing that net? Look, it's going to be tough. Were there any challenges here? It's going to stretch you. You're going to be pushed. It's going to take you out of your comfort zone to launch in the deep. He will challenge you On your stinking thinking. And it's called faith. And it's called trust. You can launch in the deep. For it's yours. Saith the Lord. My time is up. I have a short story. Stephanie woke in a trauma center 1,200 miles from her home. She'd been at a cheerleading competition and the bus turned over. She comes to in the room and her head's all wrapped up. I can't see. I'm afraid. 
What happened? And Mr. Wilson is across, not seven, eight feet from her. He says, Stephanie, it's okay. I'm right here. What happened? Well, your bus turned over. You have head trauma. But they're taking the bandages off tomorrow. And you should be able to see. But I'm afraid. I want to see. I want to see now. We said, do you think it'd be okay if you let me be your eyes? She said, I would love that. I'm so afraid. She said, were you in the wreck too? He said, no. No, this old heart of mine is just about giving out. And there's supposed to be a really famous doctor coming in the morning to see if he can help me. But let me be your eyes till they take your wrappings off. She said, I'd love that. He said, well, I'm right here by the window. I can look at, oh, look. There's a little pond with a fountain. A beautiful gazebo there with swings and yellow flowers on it. And there's kids throwing a frisbee down here. And he just kept on and on and on and painted her the most beautiful picture. And she was so happy that he was there. The nurse came in a few minutes later. and says, I'm going to give you this med to help you sleep and tomorrow is the big day. We'll take your bandages off. She wakes up the next afternoon, probably 3.30 in the afternoon. Mr. Wilson. Mr. Wilson. Mr. Wilson. Mr. Wilson! And she pushes her button and the nurse comes in. She says, Stephanie, are you okay? She said, no, I'm not okay. Mr. Wilson. She says, honey, I'm so sorry to say he didn't make it. He didn't survive his operation. Oh, I'm so sad. He was helping me. He was my eyes. And I loved him. I didn't know him well, but I loved him. She said, before you leave, Please put my bed by the window where Mr. Wilson was. So that when these come off, the first thing I'll see is what he told me. And the nurse knelt down and took Stephanie's hand. And she said, I'm so sorry, Stephanie. But there are no windows in this room. Don't y'all think we could be a Mr. Wilson for somebody that has a difficult time right now? I think that would be God-honoring to love on them, to help them along. And I think he would be so pleased with what you do in Jesus' name. Preacher, I'm done.